And it is great to have each and every one of y'all here. Uh, you know, today I want to remind you of the passage of Scripture that uh, tells us, uh, it says, Speak, Lord, for I'm hearing or I am listening. Let us listen to God this morning and see what He truly has for us. I am excited about today. This is our first Sunday in Advent, or not Advent, in Lent. I'm in a hurry to get to Christmas. This is, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, we are beginning in this. All right, so let us bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much, dear Lord, for this beautiful day that you have given to us. God, I thank you for each person that has made their way here today. God, I pray, dear Lord, that as your spirit is here, God, that it would move in and out of our hearts and our lives, and God, that you would uh, transform us today. Uh, God, I pray that you would encourage us, dear Lord, and that you would walk with us. In Jesus' name, amen. I do have a few announcements for you. Uh, so our love baskets, if you notice, we still have that they're there. Now, Ms. Terry, we're giving them out the 12th, right? So that's next week is the last, no, wait a minute. Okay, we need them this week, okay? So please bring them in if you haven't, uh, you know, brought them in. If you took a basket and you have it semi-full, go ahead and fill it up and bring it to us. So this Saturday we will be uh, taking those out and giving those to the community. So please, uh, you know, help us with that. Also, we have um, a uh, fundraiser that we are uh, going to be involved in to help uh, Mason. So, uh, you know, uh, just an explanation for you, there's a spaghetti, uh, you know, plate, and uh, there's a, uh, so it's in your bulletin, okay, so make sure that you have this. Uh, the thing is, is that you need to text Allison today if you were going to, uh, you know, place an order, okay, so you need to text Allison today. Do we have Allison's phone number for everybody? Okay. So real quick, go ahead and write this down, okay? So this is a fundraiser to help them with uh, the expenses or some of the expenses uh, for Mason's surgery. That's going to be in D.C. on April the 9th. Uh, they do need this, uh, you know, to be done today. It's the 18th. I do have the information somewhere. It's the 18th of April. Okay, but y'all are, I see there's a lot that's writing this number down. So we will leave this number up for a little longer. Um, and Terry is going to come and give us our uh, uh, next announcement. Good morning. So this first Sunday of the Lenten season, we are announcing our Easter offering. Our theme is, let me tell you about my Jesus. So over the next seven weeks or six weeks leading up to Easter, one, one person from the NML Council will be telling you about Jesus in their own way. So y'all know I can't sing. So I had Andrew do a video for me. But on the, um, on the altars, we have crosses with a tag with a dollar amount for our WEF offering. Um, feel free to come up and take one. You can do it during the um, worship uh, music while they're singing, or you can get it out on the table after the service. So, Andrew, do you have our video ready? 
morning. I love that song. Oh, all right. So as we go into worship, let's go ahead and stand. I want you to raise your left arm up in the air if you can. I want you to raise your right arm in the air if you can. 
And I want you to just shake them back and forth like this. All right, thanks for waving at me. That's good. All right, awesome. So let's go ahead and get ready to worship and praise this morning. We're going to start out with something a little more upbeat. that there is power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Christ. And I feel like considering everyone here this morning is praising and worship, and I think y'all might know that too. So let's continue to worship and praise this morning as we give all the glory to God. Amazing grace. This is amazing. 
Everybody go like this. Since Chris is making a stretch, everybody go like this. All right. Are you willing to leave it there until your children, your best friend, nope, leave your hands there. Where you go? Are you willing to leave it there while they put the nails in your hands? Because the only way they're going to get to heaven or get to save is with your 
intercession. If you're willing to hold those hands, keep holding them out. But who put them down? Nobody be putting them down. You know you have loved ones who are hurting. You know you have loved ones who are not saved. You know you have, who's here with the ailment that you're like, I barely make it. I'm not feeling good. I got a headache. We all got that. Hold those hands out. Are you willing to hold that? Are you willing to show God that, you know what? I'll take that nail. I'll take that time that it takes to intercede. Guess what's open? Your altar. Your altar is open. Take the opportunity to bring your burdens to him.
continue to worship. As we worship him in the house that he has created for us, that we can come and praise him and glorify him with the freedom that he has given to us. Let's continue to praise. We have come into his house, gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to Concentrate on Him and worship Him. So forget about yourself and concentrate on Him and worship Him. So forget about yourself. Concentrate on Him and worship Christ the Lord. Worship Him, Christ the Lord. Let us lift our holy hands. Let us lift up holy hands. And magnify his name to worship him. Let us lift up holy hands and magnify his name and worship him. Let us lift up holy hands. Magnify his name and worship Christ the Lord. Worship him, Christ the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come to you and God, right now, we thank you so much for being here in our presence. And God, we, we worship you because we know who you are. You are the one that created all things. You sustain all things. You love and you are love. God, right now, we stop and we pause, dear Lord, and we ask, God, that you would be with all the ones that are impacted by this war that's going, over, going on over in the Ukraine. God, we pray that you would show up, dear Lord, and that you would protect 
God, I pray, dear Lord, for a miracle in that situation today. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would be here with us. You know, God, as we lift up our holy hands as praise unto you, or God, we stretch out our arms, dear Lord, as we pray for our lost loved ones. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now, dear Lord, that you would go and just speak to those. God, of each one that is here, I know there's someone in their life that does not know you as their Lord and Savior. And God, I pray right now, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit would go to them and and draw them and move in their hearts and lives, dear Lord, that they would receive you as their Lord and Savior. God, I know that there are those that have been suffering with illness, dear Lord, for, for quite a while. And God, all too often, dear Lord, we look at those and we say, why me? But God, you look at this and you say, how far? Will you follow me through this? How far will you continue to follow God regardless of the circumstances in your life? How long will you continue to cry out to Him for that lost loved one, for that healing of sickness, for the healing of the family, for the peace? How long will you continue to call out to Him? Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we call out to you right now. And God, we thank you that you hear our cries. God, I pray that you'll continue to guide and direct us today in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If I can have the ushers to go ahead and make their way forward. As the offering plate is being passed and the music is being played, let's not forget whenever it gets to you, if you were able to give, say hallelujah or praise the Lord. If the plate is passed in front of you and you're not able to give, we still say praise the Lord because we are here in his house today. Wayne, can you lead us in prayer?
Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that wasn't for me. Oh, a, they did a great job. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Chris and Carter. Thank you. And I ask that you would go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 12. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. I'll be reading to you from the New Living Translation this morning. It says, One day he saw the crowds gathering. Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him. And he began to teach them. God, God bless those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God bless those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God bless those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God bless those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God bless those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God bless those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God bless those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God bless those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God bless you when people mock and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for you or for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Amen. Amen. Whenever we look at this passage of Scripture, I, I enjoy this. Uh, you know, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And what we have with the Sermon on the Mount is, is that we find that, uh, you know, that Jesus is going to give his disciples and all of those around us and or around him and today, he is going to give us how we are supposed to live our life as believers in him. And then in the end of chapter 7, he steps down from the mountain and begins to live exactly what's he, what he tells us in chapters 5, 6, and 7. So not only does he tell us how we're supposed to live as believers, he shows us how we're supposed to live as believers. And the first thing that we find here is that Jesus is going to talk to his disciples and those that's around him about living different than what the world lives. Now, one of the things that we see or that we should see is that the, the kingdom that we are in or kingdom that we're in, the time and the culture that we live in today is not that much different than the time and the culture that Jesus was teaching this to his disciples. 
because the Israelites there in this time was underneath the Roman Empire, and the Roman government was always oppressing and always pushing and shoving the Israelites and trying to get them to conform to the Roman government versus their religion. So we have their governments constantly pushing and for, you know, on this. We also have the fact that in these times there is also a great deal that has to deal with wealth, right? If, if you had money, you had power. Same thing today. If you have money in today's world, you have power, right? Uh, you know, there is so much selfishness that's going on in the, the world that Jesus lived with, lived in. And there's selfishness that goes on in the world that we live in today. And through all this, Jesus just simply sits down and then he tells his disciples, the way that the world says that you are blessed is not the way that the kingdom of heaven says that you are blessed. And if you are going to live a life worthy of the call or worthy of being a child of God or a life that is worthy of being known to be God's people, then you need to live a different life. Now, we have been enjoying our studies on Wednesday nights on the apologetics of the truth. And this last week, uh, you know, we heard numbers, and I don't know about you, but they really set me back. Whenever we look and we think that only 9% of all people that goes to church have a biblical worldview. Only 9% of everybody that comes to church and that believes in Jesus Christ lives their lives according to the Bible. Only 9%. We also found out that evil is the absence of God. So where there's evil... There's the absence of God. If the churches, if only 9% of the people that's in the church believe in a biblical worldview, then there's a lot of us that believe that we can still live the same way that the world lives with evil running freely within the world. Then what's keeping it from running free within the body of Christ, within the church. See, we, we have to live different. We, we are His children. We can't look like the world. The world would tell you that to, you know, for you to be successful, you have to have all of this stuff. I don't know if y'all, I, I watch TV now because, uh, you know, we don't have cable or, I'm sorry, we have cable. We don't have internet anymore, so I can't fast forward through the commercials or, or not even watch the commercials. I have to watch commercials now. Okay, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> because there's a commercial that's out there now and this guy is walking through on this scene and stuff and he's saying, 
uh, you know, will you, at the end of your life, will you be disappointed because you didn't buy a thinner TV? Or will you be disappointed at the end of your life because you didn't have this particular phone or because you spent money on this particular car uh, you know, or anything like that? And then he walks through this door and he says, or spend money on a vacation at this spot. It all takes money to be able to do, whether you're buying a flatter TV or you're spending the money to go to this great place and have a wonderful vacation. takes money uh, you know money is power if you have a lot of money you've got a lot of power that influences what we look at in today as far as who's blessed I'm not going to really talk bad about homes and stuff because Peggy and I is looking for a home uh, you know so if anybody has a nice house to sell that they want to give to I mean sell is cheap uh, you know, you can give it to us, but, you know, sell it to us inexpensively. Uh, you know, just let us know, uh, you know, we're, we're looking for one of those. Uh, you know, doesn't have to be extravagant, uh, you know, $1.2 million or so, something like that. No, no, I'm sorry. That's extravagant. That's the extravagant. Don't, don't worry about it. But it, it's that, you know, people look at the house that you have, right? They look at the home that you live in and, and they... They gauge the home that you live in as in who you are and how successful that you are. We all need to look at this and remember that that's not how God really had the world designed, is it? I, I think Jesus does a really good job for us here and he, he really makes it simple. He says, for you to be blessed, this is what you need to do, right? To be blessed, you need to live a life, okay? It says, God blesses those who, is, who are poor and realize their need for Him. Now, that's the, the New Living Translation. Some say poor in spirit. Some just simply say poor. But whenever we look at Matthew's teaching on this and we look at Luke's teaching on this, both of them, or one's dealing with spiritual and the other's dealing with physical. So we can look at these here and say that, that you know, Matthew or Jesus is actually teaching us that blessings are physical as well as spiritual. And he's not saying that we have to physically be poor to be blessed. Or that we have to be spiritually poor to be blessed. We have to be poor in the realization that I have absolutely nothing if it wasn't for Him. So I'm poor because none of it's mine. It's all His. Scripture even tells us that our faith is Jesus. Jesus gives us our faith. The home we have, the money that we have, the job that we have, uh, you know, the, the boyfriend, girlfriend, the spouse, whatever. You know, those are all given to us by God. Well, sometimes we choose things that God doesn't really want us to have, though, don't we? I'm sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to meddle for a little bit because, uh, you know, our 
our race and, and our humanity uh, deals a lot with lust, okay? And, th- and there's a lot of times that marriages are forged out of lust and not out of love that comes from God. Now, you know, we begin to look at the body and we forget all about God. Oh, wait a minute, that takes me someplace else because, right, doesn't, uh, you know, Satan's over there flashing lights and stuff to get us to go to the world and not to go and, and follow God. All things that are shiny and sparkly aren't good for you. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we get off because we, we look at the things of the world that are pleasing to the eye and we forget about what God has for us. It talks about being humble. Mm. I still have to work on being humble. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of arrogant Christians out there, isn't there? A lot of them. Scripture says we need to be humble. We need to humble ourselves before God and before our brothers and sisters. Now, that doesn't mean if you know what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong that you don't say what's right. But there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. Oh, you're going to get my saying again. Because I know all of y'all have heard whenever your, your mom or dad teaching you, uh, you know, if you don't have anything good to say about somebody, don't say anything at all, right? Tom has told me not to say anything bad or anything. You don't say anything unless you have something good to say about them. And then you just don't say anything, right? You just walk away. Well, you just said something bad about them. Let's be humble. Let's be humble. You know, I, I, man, this is, I, I like this, okay? Because go to verse 3. In verse 3, I've read that for you, but I want to finish reading it, okay? Because verse 3, it says, God bless those who were poor and realize their need for Him. Okay? Now, here's the blessing. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Huh? So he starts off in verse 3 and he says, if you do this, then the kingdom of heaven is yours. Now run all the way down to verse 10. And it says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Do I need to tie these together for you? Because he starts off with it. He says, if you do this, okay, your blessing is going to be that the kingdom of heaven is yours. And if you do this down here, then the kingdom of heaven is going to be yours. It doesn't mean that if you do those other things that the kingdom of heaven's not yours. What it's doing is, is it's tying them all together. And it says, even if you do this, if you do all these things here, the kingdom of heaven's yours. Because 
if we do these things and we do them out of reverence to God, right? It has to be that we do them for the right reason. But we do them out of reverence to God, then we will receive the kingdom of God. We can't be humble in the manner that God is calling us to be humble and not follow Him. We can't be humble as human beings. We can't be humble the way that God needs for us to be humble without the Holy Spirit in us. Why? Well, let's go back to what I talked about at first. The culture that Jesus was preaching to and the people that He was talking to they're dealing with the same thing that we're dealing with today. Nothing's changed. So that would let us understand that the heart of man is just as evil today as it was back whenever Jesus was telling the disciples and all the people around him that you needed to change the way that you live. We're still selfish people. There is absolutely nothing within me that would draw me to God except for the Holy Spirit. I myself would never turn to God on my own. So I can't be humble the way that it's talking about here on my own. In verse 6, it says, God bless those who hunger and thirst for justice. If we stop right there, there's a lot of people in this world that hungers and thirst for justice. But they hunger and thirst for their justice. What's right for me? Regardless of what happens to the next person. Right? How many times have you seen someone take something from a store, or, well, not possibly seen, but heard that someone stole something from the store, and they said, I had to do that so that I could eat? Well, what about the next person that didn't steal it? Because you stole it, they can't go in and buy it for a good amount of money, right? Worried about yourself. Selfish. It says here, for they will be satisfied. The satisfaction that they would receive is, is that they are able to see justice. We go on and we look at some of these others. In verse 7, it talks about being merciful. Selfishness ties into being merciful. Can we truly show mercy to someone if we're thinking about ourselves? We, we have to, and we can only do this. Through the Holy Spirit. Guiding us and, and directing us. 
qualifications for being blessed. Jesus is turning it upside down. He's saying the way that the world views being blessed is different from the way that the kingdom of God views being blessed. Now there again, it's still not just spiritual. God wants to bless us physically. He wants us to have things in abundance, right? He wants us to be able to follow Him and to do the things that He has for us to do. Being blessed. It says here, those who are blessed, or those, or God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. So I want us to think about this. I want us to come into this right here. Because the pure of heart, if we have a pure heart, then we're able to see God. If we have a pure heart, then I see my neighbor the way that God sees my neighbor. If I have a pure heart, then I am able to see God's blessings in my life the way that God has blessed me. The pure heart, the heart that comes from God, the heart that King David cried out for, right? God, create in me a new heart. Get rid of the old. Give me a new heart. Give me a new heart so that I can do and so that I could see the things that you need for me to see. Jesus sits down on the side of the mountain. And the first thing that he wants his new students, his disciples to learn is how to see things through his father's eyes. How do I see things today? Do I see them through my own eyes? Or do I see them through the eyes of God? If I see them through the eyes of God, then I understand the difference in blessings. If I see things through God's eyes, I'm less likely to be drawn away or away from the flickering, shiny things that Satan puts in our path. 
I, I find it interesting. The first thing that he says. You need to begin to look at things through my father's eyes. Or through the eyes of the kingdom of God. We see these. Because scripture tells us. John the Baptist's message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus' message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. See, as believers, we're living in the kingdom of heaven. But we're not in the eternal heaven yet. But we're in the heaven. So we need to begin to look at things through the heavenly eyes. We need to begin to see the things of this world through God's eyes. Not ours. Evil is the absence of God. Sin we do it because we want to do it. We want what we want. So we do what we do to get what we want. God's saying you need to do something different. He says you need to have me. And whenever you have me into your heart and your life, then you look at things differently. You see things differently. In the beginning of time, God created order. Whenever he created the universe and the heavens and the earth and, and everything else. And if God created order in the beginning, Satan's job through sin is to create Disorder. We need to have eyes that we can see properly what God has for us to see. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the words that you have given to us. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would, God, that you would encourage us today. God, I pray, dear Lord, that your words that were spoken, dear Lord, would resonate in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.